Thorough Hall Show is now in our third season, and it is dedicated to the person that wants to podcast and learn how to build that audience and monetize that audience. Our guest, just like the one coming up, is doing just that. Subscribe to the podcast and let's grow together. Now, let's get into the episode. Mark Asquith, thanks so much for being on the show, on the Earl Hall Show. Definitely appreciate you taking time, especially across the pond, uh, to be with me here today. Definitely appreciate it. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Earl. It's, uh, it's, it's nice to chat. It's good to do this. It's what I enjoy doing. It's, uh, it's part of the fun of working in podcasting, my friend. It definitely is. Um, but I, I have to settle something within myself here. Um, I've been spending an exorbitant amount of time consuming your content uh, for about the past week. So the big question for me, Mark, is The Office UK or The Office? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. Divisive. Um, I always go with the OG. The Office UK is so good. It's probably my favorite my, probably my, my favorite media of anything, anything. But it's uh, it's such a different type of humor. You know, the first time I watched the U.S. Office, I was fascinated because I uh -huh. remember, I remember the U.K. Office. Okay, so this came on. We got a ch we got the BBC had a, only had two channels back then, so BBC One, BBC Two, right? Oh wow! And there were two TV shows that I watched on BBC Two that. No one else had really seen when they first came on, and they both went on to be huge. The first one was 24 with Kiefer Sutherland. It was, mm. I watched it the oh, wow. day it landed on BBC Two, and it went stellar. It went crazy. And I remember seeing day one, I was like, this is insane. What, what a show. But then it was The Office. Okay, so I'm working, I'm working in an office, which is just like Wernham Hogg in the UK version. And, <laughs> um, and I mean, I could relate, and I still can relate to it. And, um, because it was, it was the first time I'd seen a mockumentary like that. Where we had, it was obviously hugely inspired by like Partridge and Spinal Tap and, and, and Monty mm -hmm. Python to a degree, but it was um, I couldn't. I was like, "What is going on? What, what is what is is this, what is this reality?" Anyway, Brent was a character. I mean, I loved oh, the guy. BBC version of it. I I mean, obviously, I watched The Office here. Actually, it's on mm. every day, all day, pretty much here, um, and I just keep watching it when I have nothing else really to do. But I, I went and found the, that version of The Office. I never knew it existed. And I mm. just, I think I just binge watched the whole thing um, on, I think it was Netflix or something like that, that I watched it on and was just, the humor just got me. It is different yeah. from U.S. humor. It is a lot different from so U.S. humor, but it's hilarious. It's just It is it's so awkward. It's so uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think to the point about the humor, like it's fascinating because I, I've sort of found this being a speaker and going out and speaking at podcast movement and doing the TEDx and the Harvard stuff. Mm -hmm. Humor is different um, yeah. in the UK and US. Like I'm quite a dry person in terms of humor and, and it doesn't always land in the US. It does in places, but the, the US humor is different. So when I watched the first season of the US office, that is... Um, very close to the first season of the UK one. And then season two and season three in particular and beyond of the US one, it mm -hmm. really it really realizes that it's for a US audience. And the, don't get me wrong, the US one I still think is as good as the UK one. They're just so different. Um, yeah. And they are both geniusly written pieces of comedy. So yeah, I respect them both, but I'm just, 
I've got an affinity for the tragedy that is David Brent, mate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, Ricky Gervais, he, uh, he was one of the executive producers on the U.S. office as well. So, I mean, and he appeared in um, an episode of the U.S. office, too, where, you know, Michael Scott and him met in outside the elevator mm-hmm. or whatever. But I know the first season was very closely related to The Office UK um, with, with what they put out. And, um, I mean, people that don't know about The Office, I don't know where you've been. But if you haven't seen the U.K. version, look it up because it is definitely uh, <laughs> worth the watch <laughs> on that. So, I mean— this whole thing about about podcasting for you, where did this th- this passion come from? That you're so deeply entrenched in it now. I mean, you've got like like 85 podcasts yourself. Um, being a little cheeky there, but I mean, you know, I know there's at least four that I've seen and have kind of gone through. But where does this come from for you? Yeah, I, I'm lucky. I get free podcast hosting, so I do as many shows. I'm fine. I'm cool with that. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one, actually. Um, so I, I enjoy... I'm one of those people that when I like something, I really get into it. And there's not there's not a ton of stuff. I've not got tons of hobbies. Um, the things that I really enjoy are podcasting, and I'll talk about that in a second because it's you know back to the question. But I enjoy, if anyone can see behind me, um, Star Wars and there's some DC stuff. Like, they're my two big pop culture loves. Yeah. And I love golf. I love playing golf. There's a, there's a, a putter, putting Matt and a Scotty behind me. Um, I just love those things. So I've sort of got a podcast about those things. Um, I've got a Star Wars show, which is a bit of fun. I've got a golf show, which is a bit of fun. I've got like a, a golf uh, a golf simulator, sort of mini YouTube channel and, and little TikTok thing going on. Um, so I just enjoy getting involved with things. And that's where the podcasting piece came from. So I was um, flashback like 10 years now, Will. I was probably 2013, 2012. 12, maybe even 2011, actually, when I, wow. when I started um, considering this. So I used to run a design and digital agency. So anyone that's used Captivate will know, which is our, our podcasting platform, will know that the interface is really clean, the branding's really clean, and that comes from our background in, I had a, 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 a digital agency. So we built, we built platforms, we built websites, we built tech, but we did branding, which is what you can see throughout Captivate and so on. So... As I was doing that, what I was, um, I was getting to the point in my career at that point, I was probably like 30 years old, mm. where I was, I was getting a little bored. I was getting a little um, frustrated with um, this idea that to, get, to, keep, to keep progressing, we would have to go out and pitch people for work. And the people that could decide what we were able to have commissioned were generally people that didn't know that much about what they were commissioning. So as an example, you would have, um, like we'd, we'd get commissioned for some software that was online, say education software, but we'd get commissioned by the IT manager. Now we'd get commissioned because it was the software ran on a computer. So they automatically mm-hmm. thought the IT manager who was more interested in the servers and the networks could sign that off. And they didn't, they didn't have a clue. So I was getting very disillusioned with agency life and having to continually pitch for new work. Um, that was sort of happening over here. On the other side of things, I, I'm, I'm really into DC Comics. A little bit less now. Yeah. I don't get much time to read now. But, but like I've consumed everything, all, everything DC. I've read everything from probably Crisis in 84, 85, up to the, the rebirth in about 2014. In 2011, they re- relaunched their entire line. It started at number one with everything. It's called the New 52. 
at that time, I was looking for a creative outlet because I was disillusioned with the agency and I needed a creative outlet. I was listening to Kevin Smith as a podcast, a big fan of Kevin Smith, um, got to meet him a few years later and sort of thank him for his inspiration, which was great, um, over at Podcast Movement. And I sort of started thinking to myself, I should probably, I want to write something about DC. So I started a blog. Um, a friend of mine, Gary, who's now works with us at Captivate, he's the UI designer, head of design. He said, dude, we should start a podcast. This is 2011, 2012. And uh, I said, that's ridiculous. Why would anyone do that? Um, it's not 2005, podcasts are dead. The Lost has finished. It's not on TV anymore. What are we going to talk about? Because that's all anyone seemed to talk about. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't live in my mum's basement and I like to wear pants, so I, I can't possibly <laughs> be a podcaster. We both but do I have one pants. I, I can attest yeah. I have one pants. So <laughs> Allegedly. Um, Allegedly yeah. <laughs> so we... We started this podcast anyway, Gaz, um, he made me get, so this is my first ever, my first ever podcasting microphone, the little blue snowball from 2011. Oh my gosh. see it on YouTube. And I, I keep it there as a memento, as a reminder. Um, and the sound was shocking. I didn't know how to use the mic, even though I'd been in bands. I was like, I was yeah. sat out here from the mic and it was shocking. But I got obsessed with it, you know, and I started um, thinking to myself, well, wait a second. A lot of people ask me about agency life, ask me about business. I want to raise my own personal brand profile before, like personal branding was really a thing. Mm. Um, I'm going to start this business podcast, this interview podcast, which everyone, I didn't realize everyone was doing it, and it's still a great format, but I didn't realize. So I did. Uh, started the show, Excellence Expected, got into it, interviewed a heck of a lot of people, did hundreds of episodes, um, and realized that it was a total pain in the neck to figure out the technology in particular how do i get a, how do i get all this podcasty goodness onto my website so i was using another hosting company one of the incumbents um and it was pain in the neck so i built kieran and i my, my co-founder we built a business called podcast websites which was an agency um it was a, a productized agency so we would help people with their wordpress site but we also did podcast hosting on the back end we changed the interface of wordpress to be nice and simple and we productized, so we made a recurring revenue business out of what was essentially like an agency-style service. Hmm. Um, that was 2013, 2014, so we're 10 years into that now. I've still got that business. A few years later, so we, I got really into podcasting. I spoke at all the events, like, you know, from day one, I was at Podcast Movement, I was at PodFest speaking, I was like... That's why I'm called the British podcast guy on my website and on okay. Twitter because I was the only English person, the only British person at these events and got to know Jared and Dan who run Podcast Movement very well, Chris Kramitzos from PodFest, got to know everyone really well because I was there so early. And um, and then people started saying, will you do just hosting? We don't need a website. Will you do just hosting because we like your service and your interface? So we built Captivate and that's that's where we ended up. So it's been quite a journey, man. It's been 10 years of it, speaking, traveling, Um used to do that much traveling to the US to speak at podcasting events that um, I used to get routinely, routinely stopped and searched at airports because they used to think I was up to no good because I was just there that often. <laughs> it was weird, mate. Um, but I love it. I love it. Yeah. The the events. In, well, first of all, I mean, podcasting has changed. I mean, I remember, you know, going back to like 2007, 2008, like YouTube had just came out, Facebook had just came out. And so there were all these things that 
and podcasting was there, and even the word podcasting that kind of dates us because it refers to the iPod, um, where you would listen to things, you know. But it was very difficult to do things back then that things like Captivate has made just super simple now. Um, and you think back to then and where we are now, and just how easy and simple it is. It's like anyone can do a bo- anyone can do a podcast, which is good or bad, you know, it's like anyone can do a podcast and anyone can do a podcast, right? You know, so all of that, and I'm looking at how I've used Captivate over about at least the past six months, and I'm consuming your content, and I'm like, you freaking idiot. I'm talking to myself. It's like, how did you not know this was there, and you're in Captivate at least three, four times a week, right? Amy, right? The whole thing with Amy, I I was up till midnight last night just going in and doing things with, with Amy. How did this AI piece come about and, and like what's its its main function for, for the podcast or why should they be using Captivate because of Amy? Yeah, so Amy is the dynamic content engine. So what dynamic content means is that you and I are recording this now, and this is what we'd call essentially baked in content. So it's recorded, put into an episode, and and and, and the episode is delivered, it's published, and you distribute it by cap- Captivate. Dynamic content is where um, we'll we'll have this episode, and let's say it's a finite time. So let's say it's ten minutes long, zero minute zero and minute ten. Um, what we can do with something like Amy is we can dynamically insert content at minute five and we could put two minutes worth of content in and that can be sewn in, it can be stitched in at the point of delivery or at the point of compilation um, and, and distribution. There are generally two types of dynamic content. There's the dynamic advertisement that comes from what we call a DSP. Um, so that's essentially uh, a demand side partner. So where we've got a, a, a someone like a, a DAX, which is an advertising house where you'll say, right, I'm going to monetize Earl Hall's show and we're going to put dynamic ads in. And Earl said, put an advert at minute five and the dynamic content jumps in and someone sends the content, injects it into the content. And that's it. What Amy does is it will do that. Of course, it will do that. But what it also does, the other type of content is where you and I can build out extra things that are a bit more, um, a, a little bit more flexible. Okay. So let me give you an example of this one. I've got a new show coming out very soon. Um, so I've done a, I did a podcast called The Podcast Accelerator for years. Um, that's going to be coming to an end just because I want to do something a bit fresher and a bit different. So I've got a new show in podcasting that's a really cool format. It's um, hmm, it's a heck of a lot of fun. And there's a segment inside that, okay, that is going to be entirely dynamic. So what will happen is you will send me your trailer, um, a, a trailer for the Earl Hall podcast, and... What I will do is I'll record my episode as I record my episode. I'll put it on Captivate, and that episode, again, might be 10 minutes. But I'm going to tell Amy, which is our audio monetization and integration engine, within Captivate, I'm going to say, look, at minute five, I want you to insert a jingle, and then after the jingle, the trailer for Earl's podcast. And that will be dynamic. And it will go, and I'll just, I'll basically, for every episode, I'll say, yeah, at five minutes, always insert that until I tell you not to. So mm. every episode will get that dynamically into, and I don't have to record that every time. I don't have to right. edit it in. And it gives you the flexibility to 
for example, in a month's time, I might run your trailer for a month and I might say run uh, books, if books could kill or books that kill the, the, the show that I, I really enjoy. And I might run the trailer for that one. And all I'd do is I'd just say, well, look, swap out the trailer, swap out Earl's trailer for if books could kill. So it's a really powerful thing. It's really, really good. It's great for like direct sponsorships. It's great for cross promotion work. It's great for um, even things like snippets of your own podcast. So I'm a big fan of like clipping out, um, say two minutes or 90 seconds or 60 seconds of your most recent episode and inserting that into the middle of an old episode and saying, hey, if you're listening to this one, go get the most recent one because this is what mm -hmm. we talk about. So it's it's a really powerful bit of kit that not... I don't think every podcaster really uses dynamic content to its full potential, but it can really, it can really, really, really help you. Well, I know it helped me, like, even in my show notes portion, like, being able to plug in, like all my affiliates, right? So I have the affiliate. So every, I don't have to go and type those in every time. It's like, nope, just put it here. And that affiliate section shows up. Um, or even like what I'll do with this episode, take information I got from you and put that in there as well. And that's why I was oh, yeah, up so, till midnight. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, just, just to interrupt. Sorry, I apologize. But yeah, I forgot that you use the guest booking feature on Captivate. Um, I was going to get to that. Which is yeah. huge. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> apologies for jumping in, but yeah, you're right. You, you'll be building your show notes out automatically, and I've, I've put my bio in for you, so you don't really exactly. have to do anything. So yeah, it's we, we, we brought together a range of different tools, because I'm really lazy when it comes to podcasting. Like, I want to do the things that I like. I don't want to type show notes out. Yeah. So we thought, well, I'll get Earl to put in his details if he's going to be a guest on my show. We'll do some reusable blocks in the show notes that you can attach to the audio, and we'll build up the show notes for you. Um, yeah. So it's huge. Yeah, you're really using it to its fullest potential, which we appreciate. Well, I mean, yeah, I do. The, the Earl Hall Show is is a, a video first podcast, right? And then you know, I obviously I get the audio because I use Riverside. Da 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 da. Um, but I use Captivate to book guests. It's like <laughs> because of the powerful engine that it is. Even though it's I'm video first, it's like, well, no, Captivate has this amazing thing. I can just send this link to folks, have them schedule and, and book their interviews, and I get all your links and website and you know, all that kind of stuff, which which makes it extremely valuable to me just from from that standpoint. You know, even with like the podcast that I do, the Earl Hall show, and it is video first, and then it's audio. I'm going to ask you a question here, so I'm going to get, hopefully get some coaching uh, <laughs> on this question. I struggle with figuring out whether I want to promote the video podcast, which is on YouTube, or do I want to promote the audio podcast, but I feel like I need to be doing both, but sometimes I struggle with, with how to do that. How would you suggest to a podcaster like myself that does video and audio to kind of do promote both um, to make sure that both is growing, both are growing. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough situation. It's probably even a different answer like this year than it is last year. Uh, it'll right. probably be a different answer next year. Um, so YouTube sort of got into podcasting, but it's not that good. Um, mm -hmm. it, it, it doesn't necessarily work well from an RSS distribution perspective or, or as no. well as it could do. 
Mm-hmm. So my advice to people that are doing this, and I do this with a couple of my shows as well, is very much about, look, YouTube is a different channel with different algorithmic needs and it's got requirements and it's got ways that you can work with the algorithm. Um, so I would suggest that the first thing that you do is think about search, is you think about um, optimizing optimizing your titles across the board for searchability. Um, so as an example, let's say of our golf show, we know that Tiger Woods moves the needle, whether you like him or don't like him, he's Tiger Woods, he's going to move the needle, he's the needle. If on YouTube we've got a podcast out that's very much talking about, um, like what Tiger might have said about coming back at Genesis this week or whatever, we'll put out something, and we did. It was called, the title was, What Did Tiger Woods Say? Because it's very... It looks quite hyperbolic, and sadly, YouTube works off hyperbole. It works off people, mm-hmm. whoa, what is that thing there? And it worked. It's like 9,000 um, impressions on YouTube. But the, the same might not be said for the, the podcast. So the episode, um, from a podcasting perspective, may be very, very different. So it's the same content, but the title of that mm-hmm. might be Is Tiger Woods Playing at the Genesis, uh, is, at the Genesis Invitational, Invitational at Riviera? And it, so what that's doing is that's very much targeting Google's results because we all know Google indexes podcast episodes anyway. Mm-hmm. So I'm, what I'm doing is I'm, 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 I'm optimizing my titles for the, the type of searching and the type of traffic and the type of algorithms that are driven through each individual platform. And that's what a lot of people don't do. There was this big thing years ago called repurposing and everyone bleeds mm-hmm. on about it and it's fine. But repurposing is not really going to get you that far. You know, repurposing, just automatically publishing your podcast to YouTube, it's good enough and it's fine and it will garner a bit of attention, but it ain't going to grow in my opinion because what you're not doing is working with what YouTube wants you to work with. Mm-hmm. So my recommendation still is rather than using YouTube's ingestion tools via RSS, um, is to just upload, is to just yeah. take your video up, optimize it, create a really good image for it, and put that on YouTube as a YouTube video. Whether we call it a podcast or not doesn't really matter. Like, it doesn't matter. We've got a... YouTube doesn't, as far as I know, do that much algorithmically different to surface podcasts that are marked as podcasts in YouTube mm. versus normal videos. So treat it as a video. Then in the podcast world, you know, when you're publishing your audio, optimize for searchability, optimize for search queries, um, you know, with this one, for example, it might you might call it something like um, what is um, something along the lines of like what is the what is the best tool for busy podcasters? You know, mm-hmm. why Captivate is the, is the choice? And I, I'm not saying that because we run Captivate. I'm saying that that's what we're talking. about. I might about. use that exact title. <laughs> well, there you go, and try it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that that will pull through to your website and so on and so forth. So yeah, it's a very interesting it's a very interesting problem right now. And I would say, like I said, that that may change in a year's time because we don't know how YouTube is going to play. Is it going to change the way it indexes things that are marked as podcasts versus the way it works with things that are just generally videos? So I, who knows? It's an ever moving landscape. So it's quite an interesting problem. Well. Both you and I, it, it is an interesting problem, um, and I'm sure I'll still have it after this after this episode. Um, <laughs> but that's right. I solve problems as an entrepreneur. That's what we do. We solve problems, right? Both you and I are, apparently are using a Shure SM7B microphone, right? 
audio quality on on podcasts, audio in particular, well, both video and audio, but we're talking strictly audio here, is very important to me. Um, back in the day, well, I still do voiceover, right? I was a voiceover coach, um, showing voiceover artists how to do voiceover and all this other thing. So audio has always been important to me and and how it sounds. Is that translating, do you think now to today's podcaster that audio needs to be something that is on the top of their list of making sure that they get right? Audio is always important, and it's there's the old sort of podcasting adage that is people won't come for the audio quality, but they'll leave because of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important. It's I've only just actually moved to this mic like a year ago. For the last 10 years, I've had a Rode Procaster. Um, mm. Still an amazing mic, still got it back there somewhere. It's just, I just, I liked the the, 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 the tonality of this one. Um, yeah. And fancied a change. Um, but, but it was... It was always very important to me to get on the mic and to deliver the the sound very, very clearly and, and properly. And I think that, I do think the general, the general indie podcaster is now awake to that a lot more than they were. Um, and I, I'm, I'm glad for that because quality microphones have really come down in price. I can get an ATR2100X for like 70 bucks in the sale. I can get a Samsung Q2U. I can get a pod mic. Yeah. A Rode Pognite, which, uh, Pod mic, which is outstanding. I can get the USB version of this. I think um, I've got the Pod mic like right there up on my shelf. Yeah, it's, it's there. Like, yeah, yeah, there it is. Yeah. What and what yeah. a great mic! I've got one somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I had one. I've got a. I've got like from my old band days. I've got some SM58s. I've got some EVND 767As. All brilliant mics. Yeah. And and none of them are really better than the other. They're all brilliant. And I've, I've I carry around. I've even got some lapel mics for if I have, if I'm on the road and I need it through my iPhone. Because it really does matter. If there's something that's illegible, if there's something that is constantly in the background of your... Unless you're like a live event, you can say, look, here, I'm at a live event. There's going to be a bit of background noise. I've done my best, but there is going to be a little bit. People are all right with that. Um, But generally, the level of audio has crept up in quality, which is fantastic. And I, I do believe that it's not just... It's not just about the technological element of the quality. It's about your mic technique. It's about being being right. cognizant of your technique. And like I could have this seven SM7B, but if I'm here and I'm over here, you can hear it, but it's not as good. And if I'm, you know, if I'm doing this and I'm, I'm right. you know, I'm doing this, it, there's and people do. You know, I work on a couple of podcasts with, with people, and they're they're doing it. They're always they're always doing this, and it's. The, the the it's silly, but over time that mounts up to a level of unprofessionalism, and it's true. People will think, oh, you know, if all else is equal between this show and this show, the show that's got the better sound quality may well just get it. You know, if I'm busy on time, yeah. or if I cut if I cut my commute from five days to four days, one podcast got to go. I've only got four days now. Which is it? So it's it's yeah. it's, it's this it's, it's battle for attention, you know, and quality counts it does and, I, and i've i've always felt that way i mean even when i first started doing anything audio i mean going back to my internet radio days right back in 2004 2005 it's like that audio thing has just always been been something for me the we talked earlier about being lazy you you're lazy i'm lazy right so there's this one question that that keeps coming up in my mind and it's about the thumbnail 
right? We have the 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 image that we have for our podcast, right? That that square image. It's it's across Spotify, Apple, all of it, it right? Should we be creating different thumbnails for each episode, or just using that that we already created? What's your what's your thoughts on that? So that has changed again pretty recently. I, I don't think it was as important previously as it is now. I think many more of the apps are supporting in episode artwork and chapters and whatever else. Mm-hmm. But the episode-specific cover art, yeah, I think we should be doing it. We've been doing it for YouTube because of the search results. Um, w- w- if you think about it, on YouTube, what we're trying to do is surface a video. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to surface a channel. A lot of people think that in podcasting, you're trying to surface your podcast. You're not. You're trying to surface episodes. Brilliant. And yeah. so when you, when you, when you, like we talked about with the title, I want people at that episode. So everything is, it's like advertising, you know, this is what it is. It's advertising and marketing context counts. So for me, yeah, I, I do for all of the golf stuff um, now with all the Star Wars stuff and for this new podcast and even for my old podcast, the podcast accelerator, I have done for, for years now. Um, it doesn't take long. You just create a template and, and, the logic is that, number one, it's all about clickability to that episode. It's not to the podcast, it's to the episode. So everything has to be contextualized. So yes, I think so. But the second thing, which I think is super important, is that we don't know how podcast indexing is going to look in two years' time, five years' time, mm. ten years' time. We don't know how the search results are going to display. We don't know if the episode artwork is going to be given more credibility or more real estate on screens. We simply don't know. And it makes good sense for the sake of five minutes to just put yourself ahead. But also I would say there is an opportunity now because not that many people are doing it. Um, the, the, yeah. I'll give you another example. The um, big Star Wars fan, big Rocky fan, actually Rocky's probably my favorite movie. Um, Carl Weathers, um, Polo Creed, Grief Cargo in Star Wars, sadly passed away last week. Mm. Um, we, we paid our, our respects and condolences on our Star Wars episode, Spark of Rebellion, last week. As crass as this is, we have an image of Carl Weathers because we always do episode artwork. If someone's searching for Carl Weathers in the podcasting apps and all else is equal, we've got the picture of Carl there and someone else doesn't. And there's actually a picture of me and Carl there behind me. Wow. It's, it's, wow. That's how big a fan we are. The... Um, and it's, it's, it, so that it's about, again, it's about the edge, just gaining the edge. So for five minutes, yeah, do it. I mean, I've got, for all, all of my shows apart from one, I've got a template in Canva. It's easy. Yeah, yeah. It's easy. The other show that I've got is, it's a bit more complex. The cover art's a bit more complex. Like I need some clipping masks on it and stuff. So I've done that in Photoshop, but it's the same thing. It's still a template. Um, takes five minutes. So yeah, do it. Yeah. Well, I, we're going to make sure that we have all of your links that you provided for me in this show, because I want to make sure that people get that. And also, obviously, well, Captivate isn't sponsoring this episode, but I have an affiliate link for Captivate. So that's going to be um, in there as well. And I definitely recommend Captivate. And that's why I was so um, honored to even have you on the show, Mark, because of how powerful this platform has has been for me. Um, kind of wrapping up here who is the the ideal client for Captivate and, and what's your mission uh, for Captivate to those folks? Yeah, good question. Also, our mission has remained the same 
since day one. Um, we we only work with serious podcasters. We could have a free account like many other posting platforms mm -hmm. that just want to work with any podcaster. For us, it's about the serious creator. And however you define serious, if you just, what I mean by that is like, I, I like to think I like golf enough to be serious at getting better. So I put my time in, I put my practice in. And podcasting is the same. I do my episode cover art. I care about the quality. I put the time into crafting a good intro for my show each episode. And I put time into marketing. And every, every Captivate podcaster is like you. They're like me. They care and they do it seriously. So we, we've just got one promise. We will help serious independent podcasters to either save time or to save money or to make money. Everything that we release, look at everything that we've talked about, it will do, I guarantee you, it will do <laughs> one of those things. Nothing gets released unless it does one of those things. It will save you time or it will make you money or save you money. That's it. Guest booking saves you money, saves yeah. you time. Memberships and tips saves you time, makes you money. Everything. Dynamic show notes, the lot, Amy, everything. So that's the goal is to empower and to bring serious indie creators, the tools that were previously reserved for the quote unquote big players and bring them to everyone in a really fair way. That's why there's no limits on like we never say to you, you only get this feature if you're on the high plan. That's ridiculous because how do you, how will you ever grow if you've got a, you somehow need to find the money to be on the big plan. It's stupid. So that's the mission is to help serious indies. And that's why our tagline is growth focused podcast hosting for the serious indie creator, because that's what we <laughs> believe. So yeah, we love it. We love it, man. Well, I mean, this has been great, Mark. I mean, some of the topics, I mean, we could go on and on just about how to market your podcast, you know, how to monetize your podcast, which all of those tools, even the, the videos that you provide um, on the site that kind of show you and in, in, or not videos, but the blog um, that is on the site, but the videos as well that really kind of walk you through some of these things on, on how you can do it. I think that podcasting, even like we said before, it's good and bad because anyone can do it. But the person that is serious about their podcast and actually treats it like something that is, is a business to them, especially, I mean, I do a lot of consulting with coaches and, and course creators um, and speakers to try and get them to see the power of podcasting and why that can help build their brand. Um, but Captivate is definitely a part of my consulting to my clients as well. It's like, no, you got to get on Captivate. You got to do these type of things and you got to take it seriously. You just can't be willy nilly out here just throwing up audio files and thinking anybody really wants to listen to that. So, but Mark, I definitely appreciate you being on the Earl Hall show with me today. This has been invaluable for me. And I know I'll probably spend at least two hours in Captivate today, just going through and doing some more things that are there and definitely suggest that other folks get Captivate, download it, start using it. You know, whether you're just starting a podcast, especially if you've been if you've been podcasting for a while and you're not using Captivate, it's going to be the thing to use. And Mark, thanks so much for being here, man. I definitely appreciate you being with me today. Oh, it's my real pleasure, mate. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's uh, it's nice to see you you enjoying Captivate. So thank you. We we, we, could, we generally couldn't do anything without you. Also, yeah, thank you, my friend. Great to be here. Hey, you could be a guest on the Earl Hall Show so that you can share your story and your experiences so that you can reach a wider audience. Just click the link in the description. Be on the Earl Hall Show to learn more.